Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today, we are going to bust some big myths and clarify a lot of facts about using marijuana and breastfeeding. My special guest today is Dr. Isabel Basaldo Prado. Dr. Basaldo Prado, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very glad to be here. Now, she is a neonatologist, and she also attended my comprehensive lactation course. Oh, no, actually, I think she attended the review course in San Antonio a couple of years ago. And she struck me as just the kind of neonatologist that you would want taking care of your baby and taking care of your family. She's very uh, intelligent, well-grounded, well-rounded, and much beyond that. She's just a wonderful woman. So we're, I'm really eager to hear her on some of these really tough questions as related to marijuana use in uh, lactation. Now, help us with this, because I know that very often we talk about drugs as related to pregnancy and lactation. I know that those two things are very different, that what would be an issue for pregnancy may or may not be an issue for breastfeeding and vice versa. But what I want to ask is, it seems to me like there has been a fair amount of research study that has been done on marijuana use during pregnancy, not as much as related to breastfeeding. Why do you think we don't have more research about the the marijuana and breastfeeding? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that, Marie. One, there are not a lot of women out there that are willing to admit uh, to smoke marijuana while they're breastfeeding because, as you know, uh, federally, marijuana uh, intake is actually illegal. Um, That's the first first thing. Number two, it's very difficult to obtain milk from women who are willing to admit that they're breastfeeding because no one wants to give, give their milk up and no one wants to yeah, run right. the risk of being, <laughs> of being uh, prosecuted for uh, having mar- using marijuana while they're breastfeeding. Well, that makes a lot of sense. You're right. I mean, even if women are not taking marijuana, they're not terribly eager to give up their milk to anybody else. Thank you very much. Now, you know, a little bit off topic here, but I want to go to that word illegal and illicit. Uh, The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, that is the CDC, recommends against using marijuana. Uh, excuse me, recommends against breastfeeding if you are using marijuana. They say if the woman is using or is dependent upon an illicit drug. And I thought to myself, well, wait a minute. I think I know what illicit means, but maybe I don't. Uh, Here's the trouble. When I teach in Colorado, (laughs) uh, marijuana is legalized out there. So, I just want to say that this has sort of colored my understanding of uh, 
people, okay, so maybe this is where I'm going. People think that because it's legalized in some places that therefore it must be safe, it must be okay. I'm thinking that you will have something to say about how how can we tell parents about how much of this gets in the milk? How long does it stay? What's going on there? So first of all, I want to just start by saying that there are 22 states in the U.S. as well as the District of Columbia that have authorized uh, marijuana use for uh, medicine uh, for medical reasons, medical marijuana. Sure. There are four states in this in the. In, in the United States, Alaska, Colorado, Washington, and Oregon that have re, uh, legalized it for recreational use. However, even in those states, and I'm going to refer more to Colorado because I have more information on Colorado, even in those states, it's still illegal for a mother to uh, smoke marijuana while she's pregnant. And even in those, even in Colorado, where they have growers, where there are independent growers and people can grow their own marijuana, there's also a restriction that the growth of the marijuana also needs to be kept enclosed so that it is, a child cannot be exposed to it. So even in those areas where it is recommended that, or where it is legalized for recreational use, there are still um, warnings and they're still very much against mothers uh, smoking marijuana, both while pregnant as well as while breastfeeding. Wow. Okay, yes. that's that's helpful because that's where I always get in trouble is, yeah, I don't live in Colorado. I don't really understand it, but I think you've helped uh, to clarify that. So how long does it stay in the milk? So um, Presuming it does get in the milk. So really, no one can really tell you how long it stays in the milk. And the reason for that is because uh, THC or marijuana goes into the fatty tissue. Um, right. And breast milk is made up of a lot of, uh, of fat, as we know. There's a lot of fat in breast milk. So it will pass directly to the baby, just like it goes directly from the mom to the baby through the placenta. Uh, and it can be concentrated in the brain. It can be concentrated in the fatty areas of the baby. What they do know is that uh, urine can be tested for uh, THC or marijuana. And it can be uh, obtained as early as if the mom smoked as early as 24 weeks, it can be obtained in the urine, and it can be obtained in the urine up to three weeks after the use of marijuana. In the stool or in the meconium, it can also be tested, and it can stay there as well uh, up until three weeks, and it can also be tested in the uh, umbilical cord of babies. Um, and again, after 24 weeks, if the mother has smoked from 24 weeks on, it can be uh, tested in the baby. Yeah, so even if somebody is reluctant to tell you that they've been using their marijuana, a smart neonatologist like you is going to find out. Yes, if we have any, if we suspect for any, any reason, we will do that. Um, there are a lot of practices, uh, OB, that will automatically do a drug test on a mother as soon as she comes in the door. Not all practices do it. Um, we will do it if we know that the mom has any history of any drug use, even before pregnancy, because as we well know, not everyone will disclose what they have done. Yeah. So yep. if we have a baby that we're concerned with at all, um, we will order a urine drug screen right after birth, as well as a meconium drug screen. 
Um, and we, we will also do it on any baby that comes in um, with a placenta, a placental abruption, because that can also be right. very common. We're not discussing cocaine, but it's very common in cocaine yep. users or more common in cocaine using moms to have a placental abruption. So if we, if we suspect it at all, and I can tell you most neonatologists will do this, we'll order a urine and meconium drug screen. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what about the, the effect on the milk supply? It always seems, to, and I know that, that, I know that you're a neonatologist, you're very focused on the baby, but I'm guessing you know the, the answer here is how, how does it affect milk supply? So, yes, I'm a neonatologist, but as you also know, I am a certified lactation consultant. So I'm also very, very much um, interested in the breast milk. Um, I talk to moms every single day. I ask them the question, how is the breast milk going? Um, So marijuana can actually decrease the maternal milk supply. So it's actually working against the mom if she wants to, if she truly wants to breastfeed, and, uh, and she wants to smoke marijuana, the two don't go together. Not only is it not good for the baby, but the marijuana is going to decrease mom's blood supply. Um, and it's because of the uh, cannabinoid receptors, but it decreases the amount of breast milk that she will make for her baby. Uh, also, I think that I read one time that it could stay in the, the body for up to 25 or 28 days. Is that really true? Yes, it can. And some studies even say uh, a little bit longer than that. The other thing that people don't realize is that um, they have tested uh, breast uh, milk, uh, the mother's uh, THC level, and they've tested the baby because they have, in a mom who breastfeeds and has taken marijuana, um, it actually gets metabolized in the baby. And the way they know this is because they have done uh, stools after weeks of mother being Uh, on marijuana and they have found meconium in the stool of a baby not necessarily a newborn right after birth but in a baby later on Um, and so yes it can stay in the breast milk for a while and they have found that if they look at mom's level of THC in the blood and baby's level of THC in the blood which of course is going through the breast milk it can be up to eight to nine times higher in the baby than it was in the mother Whoa, I did not know that piece. Yes. Uh, by the way, I, I want to fill in the blanks here for any parent that might not have quite caught up with you here. The THC is the chemical ingredient that's in marijuana right. that, that has the uh, effect that makes you feel euphoric. So that's what she's talking about. In other words, it's uh, sort of the it's active the ingredients. Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to back up here a minute, too. When you were talking about the the legality of it all, if you suspect, or I guess if you can prove that the mother is doing the marijuana and she is providing her milk for her baby, is that something that would be reported to child services in the state of Texas? So, yes, in the state of Texas, yes, but going back to Colorado, because we know that it's a recreational usage there, and that's where people kind of think, well, wait a minute, it's legal. Even in, in this, even in Colorado, if the, if the baby tests positive for THC, we have to report to CPS. Definitely in the state of Texas, we absolutely have to. But even in, this, even in states like Colorado and Oregon, they also have to report it. However, if the mother has used THC, 
and she has, and it's been, you know, it's been, it's been more than 30 days that she has not used. Um, and she's say she's in a program, say she's getting some type of care. She's under the care of her physician. Um, her physician knows that she hasn't done anything in 30 days. Anything that you test the mother for before pregnancy cannot be used against the mother. I see. Okay. However, if we test the baby after pregnancy, because I will tell you, Marie, again, being a neonatologist, uh, we keep babies, as you well know, for months at a time. Oh, yeah. And Definitely. I have mothers, you know, I will tell mothers, no, we don't recommend you uh, smoke while you're uh, providing breast milk. Oh, no problem, doctor. I'm not going to do that. I really want my baby to have my breast milk. And then either they come in or their partner comes in and they're smoking of marijuana. Um, they're, excuse me, smelling of marijuana. Smelling, yeah. In that case, I will order a test on the breast milk to see if there is any THC in the breast milk. If yeah. I have THC in the breast milk, um, I have to report it to the um, to CPS. And I want to uh, just clarify here that she, as well as any other physician or healthcare provider, would be obligated. Not That's just right. th- this is not just Dr. Pazaldu Prado being, you know, just a cranky old lady. Actually, she's quite young. But <laughs> uh, this is her her legal and certainly her moral obligation. Hey, everybody, do not go away. We will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. And talk about clarify the facts. We have been so fortunate talking with Dr. Basaldo Prado about the effects of, well, we haven't talked about the effects of marijuana. We're going to talk about that right now. She is a very experienced neonatologist. She is a board-certified lactation consultant. And Isabel, remind me, what hospital do you work at in San Antonio? I work at St. Luke's Baptist Hospital in San Antonio, but the practice that I work for, Midnax, um, actually uh, covers all the three big systems here in San Antonio, the Methodist uh, healthcare system, the Baptist system, and the Children's, uh, Children's Hospital of San Antonio. Yeah, I didn't. I was so eager to jump into this content that I kind of forgot to ask you that. Uh, so anyway, now we all know a little bit more about Dr. Pizaldo Prado. Uh, tell us then what, let's say that the mother really has used the marijuana. What kinds of effects would you watch for in the baby? I'm thinking growth, brain development. Talk to us. So early on, um, what the mother might notice is she might notice a little bit of jitteriness. She might notice a little bit of sleepiness. She might notice a little bit of decreased motor uh, and muscular tone. The biggest thing that she will probably notice is a poor poor suckle reflex. Uh The baby will not suckle or will not eat as much as you would expect or start to decrease the amount that the baby eats as time goes on because of the effects of the marijuana. Um, However, as the baby gets older... Studies actually have shown that at three months, they technically do not see uh, any, any, anything except maybe a little bit of a motor delay. But mm-hmm. at a year, they are definitely showing a decrease in motor development in these babies. And in addition, not just in the babies, but in the latter years or as they get a little bit older, they have a decreased academic ability. Mm. They have cognitive functions. They also have attention issues like attention deficit disorder. Um, and this, we tend to see this in the adolescents. So something that, we, um, that pediatricians need to concentrate on is when they have patients that are coming in, especially with academic or cognitive delay, to take a good history on the mom and see if you could possibly elicit a history of uh, marijuana use in the mother, either during pregnancy or while breastfeeding. Yeah, and you know, that's pretty spooky because yeah. that means that this effect is not just while she's breastfeeding. It's, it, it, it can go literally for years. This is not to be taken lightly. Uh, okay, so 
I would like your take or your summary or something about the sort of the position papers that have come out on marijuana and breastfeeding in the last few years. Uh, I have read those papers. I think I understand, but I'm not a neonatologist. Enlighten us. So the three big, what I would call big authorities um, for newborns, in my in my opinion, are first the Academy, the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh-huh. and it recommends that women using marijuana not breastfeed their infants at all. Period. End of story. Yep. Uh, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology says that there is insufficient data to evaluate the effects of marijuana use on infants during lactation and breastfeeding, and in the absence of such data, marijuana use is completely discouraged, okay? However, also not just being a lactation consultant, but also being a neonatologist, and here I'm going to put a plug for neonatology. Sure, Some people sure. <laughs> may not realize that breast milk is everything that a mother has ever had, cough, cold, congestion, runny nose, vomiting, diarrhea, all those things, we as women, we build up an, a, a tolerance or an immunity against those infections, and we pass it to our breast milk through our babies, to our babies, and it lasts for six months after we finish nursing. So think wow. about it, Marie. I have a 22-weeker, a 23-weeker, a 24-weeker. I want that immunity because we as mothers, we do not pass that protection for that immunity to our babies until they're 35 to 36 weeks gestation. So I really, really need that breast milk. So I really, I really believe with the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, it urges caution, but it also states that data are not strong enough to recommend against breastfeeding with any marijuana use. Okay, so what the uh, Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine says is if you have a mom who is who you know is using marijuana to encourage her to please stop or to decrease it as much as absolutely possible. And that's especially in the mothers that are using it, um, a medical medical marijuana that need it for whatever reason. The majority of them that would be using it would be for nausea. And so in this case, uh we would direct them to try to get their physicians to give them something else. Something else. Sure. Correct. It also says to counsel the mother found with a positive urine THC screen to discontinue marijuana use while pregnant and to counsel her about the long-term effects of neurodevelopmental, uh, the neurodevelopmental effects on the baby. Um, It says that the lack of long-term follow-up data on infants exposed to varying amounts of marijuana via human milk, coupled with the concerns over negative neurodevelopmental outcome in children with in utero exposure should prompt extreme careful consideration of the risk versus the benefits of breastfeeding in the setting of moderate or chronic marijuana use. I will tell you that we, again, we do allow mothers that have had a positive drug screen uh, to continue to provide breast milk with the understanding that we expect them to quit using, uh, quit, uh, using marijuana while they're providing breast milk and giving them all of the information and the risk factors um, for uh, continued marijuana use. Now, what some people may may go, well, why would you do that? Well, the risk factors for prematurity. Risk benefit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I often. That helped a little. 
Oh, absolutely. Because very often we see the bad side of, I don't care what it is, marijuana or tuberculosis, you name it, we've got it. And yet the fact of the matter is it's always about risk and benefit and what that ratio is most certainly. So if I understand you correctly then, if I, let's say that I'm the mother I use the marijuana at 28 weeks gestation. I come in and I drop a, a baby at 30 weeks gestation. It lands in your NICU. You're going to come and counsel me to quit, but you're Correct. still going to use my milk. Is that what you're saying? At this point, if, number one, if there is nothing else in your urine, like if, uh-huh. I, if uh-huh. urine has cocaine or heroin or something else, absolutely not. I will not use it. But if the only thing you have is THC and we sit down and we have the conversation and this is really what you want to, you want, which I really want the breast milk and you agree that you will not continue to use marijuana with the understanding of all of the risk factors, which I will discuss with you and the understanding that if at any point I, I, I or one of my partners are suspicious of continued marijuana use that we will test the breast milk. Yes, we do use it. So I guess my question here is, I remember distinctly when you sat in my course and you really opened my eyes to the fact that, uh, by the way, I have to tell you, I, I often say I'm not the smartest person in that room. I'm just the bravest because I stand in the front. You know, but <laughs> the, the thing you really opened my eyes to was that it's not just does she use this or doesn't she use this, but it's really that bigger social picture. And I know a lot of times, at least in uh, clinical situations where I've been involved, the social worker does get into it. And I'm sure that that's the case where you are as well. Correct. But sometimes, sometimes it seems to me like the doctors don't always think as much about that social piece. And I saw you as really enlightened to the idea of, hey, you know, what's what's the upside here? Is she in treatment? Is she reliable for staying in treatment? I guess I'm also thinking that all of us have some vice, you know, whether it's cigarette smoking or eating caffeine, eating bad for you foods, cholesterol, whatever it is. We sit with the doctor and we say, yeah, 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 I'm going to cut that out. And we do it for 10 days or so, and then we kind of fall off the wagon. So I would suspect that you, first of all, tell these women that you're going to follow up with them. And then do you have an easy way that you can, you know, kind of make sure that they're still uh, having some sort of support here? Well, um, again, I'm... I'm speaking from a neonatal standpoint. Um, in uh, in my hospital, I see the I see the same patient every single day. So oh, right. I see the mother. Right. I speak to the mother every day. We have a very uh, involved social worker who also speaks to the mother, keeps up with the mother. We also have a very big uh, lactation uh, support. We have a big a big lactation support here that also keeps up with the mothers and keeps up with how the uh, breast how the volume is coming along. Um, and so we, we have a very big support. We're also starting a, uh, partnership council. Well, we have a partnership council, but now our, uh, parents are actually going to start coming into our NICU and talking to the families and asking if they have any questions or if they need any support. Fabulous. We have a lot of support on a lot of different levels, on a lot of different levels. And so that's kind of how we keep up. 
Excellent. Well, you know what? This was so informative that we didn't get to what I said we was we were going to get to, which is um, well, maybe we did. <laughs> uh, I think that when we come back, we need to talk about marijuana that is in other products. Right. And I'm thinking everything from roll up rubs to lotions to cookies. Hey, everybody, don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Dr. Isabel Bazaldu Prado. She is a neonatologist and she's talking to us about the marijuana and all of the effects 
the issues with milk and the fact that it's not always a yes or no, that a lot of it is about risk benefit. Okay, so that's all well and good. But what about all of this other stuff that is not necessarily what people think about when they think about marijuana use? I'm thinking about, for instance, uh, the infused rubs, the lotions, even in, I've seen this advertised uh I'm thinking, oh dear, what am I going to sound like when I say this? But I've seen these, the cookies, for heaven's sakes, advertised on the web. Uh, How do you counsel people about this? So, um, yes, I'm very glad you brought that topic up. In fact, that has actually become an issue in states like Colorado and Oregon because they're being um, distributed or marketed in some really colorful, wonderful packages Yeah. That some of the kids are actually getting into them. And people think, well, you know, it's it's not being smoked. So smoke, you know, it's smoking that causes the problem. Well, there are two issues. One is the THC or the metabolite. That is in the cookies. That is in the rubs. That is in <laughs> the oils. That is in all of those things. And they have run into problems in Colorado where babies and kids have gotten overdosed on opening up one of these cookies and so you know what what we tell parents is um just like the just like the mandate or that law in colorado that states that they have to keep the growing of the marijuana in an area to where children cannot reach it it's the same way with the cookies and the rubs and the and the oils if if a child gets into one of those things and gets uh, and ends up overdosed, the parent will be charged with uh, endangerment and neglect. Um, one of the things I wanted to also say is that um, um, prenatal substance exposure of any type of illicit drug, including marijuana, increases the incidence of uh, child maltreat- maltreatment or abuse by 2 to 3%. And starting to notice that in these places like Colorado and Oregon that have the uh, medical marijuana dispensaries and and have delivery services, there has been a positive uh, uh, increase in child abuse in those areas that have had that have these dispensaries. Um, So not only not only do we worry about um, the effect on the child from the actual intake, we also uh, worry about the effect from the actual smoke. And I was reading in this article that the smoke from marijuana has 20 times more um, more ammonia level than Whoa. the actual smoke from smoking a cigarette. And we all know about the effects of secondhand smoke with cigarette smoking. It's, also, it's even worse with marijuana. So you couple the effect of the amount of THC or marijuana that is going through the breast milk and then the amount of smoke that the baby is being exposed to and we already know that the amount of um, THC in the baby is eight to nine times higher than the mom's. Can you imagine how much higher it gets with the uh, increased exposure with the smoke? Um, Exactly, exactly. Um, The other thing that that, that has become a concern is smoking uh, excuse me, driving under the influence of marijuana. Sure. And people don't think of it that way. Or after having had the cookie or using the lotions that can also penetrate the body, 
um, one of the things that we should be very, um, that we should talk to parents about is making sure that your child is not in the vehicle with somebody who has either smoked marijuana, eaten the cookies, used the lotion, used the oils. And that's what's very hard because how do you know that your sitter has not used the oil, has <laughs> put on right. the, the lotion? Um and they're they're doing they're doing lots of things, not just cookies. Some people will do brownies. Some people will have parties throughout the world that bake goods and put the marijuana within marijuana it. In it. A yep, lot of times you don't yep. know. But another big thing that people don't realize is the concentration of THC in marijuana has increased from three to eight percent in a study that came out in uh, 2008. Well, when the study was done again in 2012, now the concentration of THC in marijuana has gone up to 12%. Oh, whoa. The other problem that people don't realize is that when they make marijuana, um, they actually now are lacing it and cutting it with other things. So sometimes a mother may think that all she did was marijuana and she comes in and we do a, a urine test. And it's positive for PCP or cocaine or amphetamines or something else. And mom says, well, that Not can't me. All I did was marijuana. I, I swear, honestly, doc. But they don't realize that <laughs> yeah. those things are also in marijuana. So a lot of times parents don't realize that it's not just the effect of the THC, but other things that are within that, quote, joint when it was fixed or made. I just want to clarify for people here that everything that she has said, if I understand her correctly, is this is not even necessarily about the breastfeeding mother. This is about a parent or any adult that is in that environment. That around is, the child. It is around the child. And that has nothing to do with the feeding. But one presumes that the parent is taking care of the baby, is driving the baby to places, is in the same household, breathing the same air uh, with all of the ammonia levels, all of that kind of stuff. Where I lost you a little bit, though, is do I understand you saying that the uh, danger that is posed in smoking the marijuana would be equivalent to the danger experienced if you were using it as a cream or as a rub or in a cookie? Well, the realities are, Marie, is that they're not entirely sure. Because uh-huh. they have not been able to, they cannot, um, one of the things is like, if you do a urine test on mom and you get, of course, that mom is positive, it doesn't, the amount in the urine does not correlate to the amount in the breast milk. The amount right. in the urine does not correlate to the amount in the cookie. But we know that any level of THC is not good for the baby. So um, what do we know about do we know about the effects of the secondhand smoke other than what you've just talked to us about? Or did so, we cover that well enough? No, well, I think the secondhand, like the secondhand smoke from marijuana, is worse than the secondhand smoke from smoking. So not only are they getting the ammonia and the toxic um, fumes from actual smoke, but they're also being exposed to THC okay. from the smoke. That, so that's, even if yes, even if okay. the mother herself is not smoking it, 
if she takes her child around it, there have been plenty of people and studies that have shown that if you are around marijuana, you will test positive for THC, even if you did not smoke it yourself. It yourself. Or, or, yes. Because think about it. When you when you smoke marijuana, you're inhaling it. Inhaling it, sure. Okay? So if yes. you're in a room with marijuana fumes, you're going to inhale it. Yes, thank you. As That's well where I was as well as the baby. That's where I was going with that. I did not yeah. ask that as clearly as I wanted to, but you totally nailed where I what my real question was. Okay, so what advice do you give to mothers if they say, "Look at, I really want to quit." Uh, what what would you say to them? And uh, what recommendations would you have for those that are maybe using it occasionally versus those that are using it routinely? So what, what we can tell them for sure is that, again, we don't know what the concentration of THC is between somebody who's using it chronically, somebody who's using it routinely, or somebody who's using it occasionally. Because as we discussed earlier, THC stays in the fat for long periods of time. It can be two to three months at a time. So even if you're just going to use it occasionally, it's still going to be within your body and it can still expose the baby. Um, I take the stance of the uh, uh, Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine where I counsel the parents to, to please, number one, stop, stop, stop the use during pregnancy, during lactation, to not have the baby exposed at all. However, there could be the occasional case where the mother has to have the medicinal use of marijuana for whatever reason. I will send her back to her physician and say, let's see if we cannot find a different alternate medication that we can give this mother to help with whatever it is that she's taking it with. If not, then we encourage the mother to do a couple of things, either try to use as absolute little as possible, possible. not yeah. around the baby, or, you know, unfortunately, uh, either donor breast milk or formula if she is going to continue to use at a very high or chronic level. Um, uh, on the flip side, we've only got about a minute left here or okay. less. What, what would you say to the mother who's listening to this show and she says, holy mackerel, I've already done this. I haven't even done a whole lot. What words of consolation would you give to her? So um, I would say to her, if, you, if you've already done it and you're pregnant, please stop. Yeah. The sooner you stop, the better it will be on the baby. Um, if she has done it the entire pregnancy, is nursing and continuing to do it, I would, again, encourage her to stop. And I would encourage her to um, get follow-up with the baby's pediatrician, let the baby's pediatrician know exactly how much in her estimation she's done or taken so that the pediatrician can um, examine the baby, keep up with the baby, observe the baby, and potentially even get a developmental follow-up to make sure that the baby is where the baby should be. Because okay. uh, the biggest, the biggest uh, time when we can really, really tell there's an issue, the, the earliest is at one year of age. That's when you will really see the motor developmental delay. Okay, so all is not lost, but that that early assessment and intervention is so important. Hey, everybody, don't go away. We will be right back after this short break.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here today with neonatologist Dr. Isabel Bazaldu Prado, and she's talking us, to us about uh, marijuana use. I want to go to 
the people in the audience that are actually healthcare providers or in some sort of healthcare field, I know that I have had these conversations with patients where they they kind of don't want to tell me their whole health history. They don't want to tell me about their bad healthcare habits, whether it's uh, drugs or cholesterol or anything else. People just don't want to tell you about things that they think you will, quote, disapprove. So if I'm the nurse in your hospital, what tips can you give me for having that conversation with the mother so that you can kind of gently tell her the baby is better off here if you could just tell me what's going on? How do I have that conversation? So what I normally will, I will always ask the mom if she has any history of any medications that she's taken, whether they're over the counter, whether they're uh, vitamins, minerals, oils, um, herbals. I, yeah, I, you know, I tell them, you know, a lot of mothers will take, um, will use doTERRA, which are little oils. A lot of mothers yep. will use um, uh, some teas that are over the counter. Um, I saw the truck for doTERRA this morning on my way to work, but yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, and then I remind them that anything that they tell me is HIPAA protected. And that anything that that we discuss from a mother's perspective is protected for the mother and cannot be used against the mother. Okay. Um, And usually when you say that, they're usually more willing to uh, to help you out or give you a little bit more information. And I'll say, you know, we get concerned um, about any effects that uh, drugs could have on the baby, like smoking or uh, tobacco or uh, any medications that you might have been given for pain control. I, I'm, you know, I'll say if you've had some dental surgery. Um, oh, nice. Okay. And sometimes that actually will get them out there letting you know. Um, and I, it's been my experience that usually the midwives are really, really good about getting information from the moms. And I usually don't have a hard time, Marie. The moms usually will come out and tell me. I don't know if it's because of the way I talk to them. I think so. <laughs> the way I get, get on their level and I don't make them feel intimidated or um, and they can be very comfortable with me. If they do tell me that they've had some marijuana use, I do tell them that I do have to test the baby um, uh, to make sure that the baby has not been exposed. I do tell them um, that this would be an exposure way back from even as far back as 24 weeks. And then I tell them, you know, if it's only if it's only THC, yes, I do have to call social service, but, you know, you can let them know that you're not using. And, and the funny thing is, Marie, that... Um, Lately, I've been noticing that if it's just THC or marijuana, a lot of the social workers don't even do anything. They just kind of let the moms go and don't um, don't even um, go with it any further. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I just picked up on here is that you really lead them into that conversation very gently. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I have to say that a lot of times, uh, now the dental surgery one, I've never used that one, but I find that some people omit information because they don't think it's important or they forgot or whatever. Uh, The dental surgery one, I'm just thinking, well, yeah, I had some dental surgery a while ago. They gave me some oxycodone. I, I totally forgot about it until you mentioned it. But the fact of the matter is that, uh, 
we need that information, but I think that when you can bring the threat level down and, as you say, get on their level, I, I think right. the fact that you are such a wonderful mother, you've told me a little bit about your interactions with your children, and I can just tell that you're very motherly, and I think that that really helps. All right, so I know that you're in the business of making patients better. So if I'm the mother and if I have smoked the marijuana or had it in whatever form, uh, can you give us maybe a, a little snapshot of maybe a baby that you've treated or a good outcome that you've seen? All is not lost here. It's just a matter of really being upfront and honest and really helping the neonatologist, pediatrician, or anybody else do their job. Can you give us a little insight there? Can I discuss uh, one that maybe was not marijuana but was drug sure. use? Sure. Okay. So I recently had a mom um, who... Uh, uh, was a substance user, so the, uh, it was an infant of a of a substance abusing mother that we had to admit to our NICU, and we had to do uh, NAS scoring or neonatal abstinence scoring, um, and had to treat him for a while. Um, but every time the mother came in, um, I spoke to her, I encouraged her, told her she was a wonderful mother, I encouraged her to stay on her program. Um, I encouraged her to continue to uh, uh, bring breast milk because she was on the program and she was only positive nice. um, for uh, methadone. Um, and there were times that she would come in and she would be crying and she would tell me that the CPS worker was horrible and told her she was a horrible oh. person. Oh, for dear. Oh, dear. And so I gave her a hug and I uh. said, Mama, you're just fine. You are doing wonderful. You are in here every single day. You come and you breastfeed your baby. You bring me breast milk every single day. I said, if there's any issues, let me know. I'd be more than happy to speak to a CPS worker or a, your attorney or the court. Whoever. Or yeah. Um, and so she kept coming in. Um, and I remember one day specifically, she came in and she gave me this big old hug. And she says, I'm so glad um, that you're taking care of my baby. I'm so glad Aww. to see you every day because you make me feel like I'm doing the right thing. And I said, but you, you are. are doing and the I right said, thing. you know, we all make mistakes. Um, sure. um, we're all addicted in some way or another, as you yep. discussed earlier. Yep. Um, and I said, but the, you know, the thing is, you've realized that you've made a mistake, you're getting treatment, you're going to the center, you're getting your methadone, and you're coming in here and taking care of your baby. And when she left, she left me this beautiful three-page uh, note. Uh, Thank you for taking care of her baby. And that's just, I, I also take care of a lot of substance abusing babies, not just THC, but... Um, Babies well, that do a lot of withdrawing—it's kind of one of my one of my specialties and one of the things that I'm very interested in. Um, and so that was—that's been one of my greatest gifts—is being able to help the mothers while they're here, helping them bond with their babies, letting them know that they're not horrible mothers, they're not terrible mothers. I used to go to a place called the Center for Healthcare Services here in San Antonio. And I would go and speak to the mothers that were going in there to get their methadone. And I would uh, talk to them about uh, development, infant development. I would talk to them about the importance of breastfeeding. And one of the biggest things that I learned in going there is that those mothers, Marie, are no different than you and I. Absolutely. Cannot wait Absolutely. to have their babies. They, ha they want their babies. They care about their babies. They love their babies. They're so excited, but they're addicted. It's, yeah. it's a yeah. disease and Absolutely. we need to be compassionate about it and we need to 
help them out along the way and encourage them and and help make them feel good and i and i tell them thank you so much so much for bringing your liquid gold and <laughs> i remind them that that bringing their breast milk in while they're on methadone is actually helping the baby wean faster oh absolutely yes um, so, well I think that we have all heard your big message here, which is we have so much power to empower mothers just by giving them positive messages. And honestly, it just doesn't cost anything in time or money. And we all need to be so much more cognizant of that. Wow, this hour has gone way, way, way too fast. I'm Marie Biancuto. I've been here today with Dr. Pazal Duprado. And I would like to thank all of you for listening. Don't uh, forget to come back next week where every week we will bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. 